Uh, grab your Bible, 1 Corinthians 12, page uh, 959. If you don't have one, grab one. Last week, uh, we started off with 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 1. And um, one of the big questions that I, I was wrestling with and I wanted us to wrestle with is, um, the big question is, how do we as a church and how do we as individuals make this exponential gospel impact? This, this, exp- this, this impact that keeps going and going and going and moving on beyond our, our families, our closest relationships to those that are around us, those that we don't know, to the ends of the earth? How do we make that kind of impact that stretches out into future generations, to to the ends of the earth, just this ripple effect that keeps on going? And Paul, as he's speaking to the church in Corinth, uh, he's, this is typically, verse or chapter 12, is one of those where Paul, we, the church looks at it and goes, okay, we've got to talk about spiritual gifts, let's, why don't you take the spiritual gift inventory, and bada bing, bada boom. You got it, you're plugged in. But for me, as I'm reading through that, I think that there's a bigger message that we we have to address. And so, uh, let's read this together, we're going to start at verse 12, we're going to go to 31, it's a huge section, but stick with me, follow along with me in the Bible that you have, or listen carefully. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of mem- many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body. That would make it, would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. That would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would it be? Where would its sense of, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need for you, nor can the head to the feet, I have no need for you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer. If one member is honored, all rejoice. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. 
And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts. And I will show you a still more excellent way. This is the word of the Lord. Well, the big idea uh, of this entire section um, is that the church is a a diversely spirit-gifted group of people. And a spirit-led group of people who love Jesus, who do life together in a way that honors Jesus, builds up Christians and invites non-Christians into their community and invites them to ask the questions, what does it mean to love and follow and devote your life to Jesus? In 1 Corinthians 12 through 31, Paul, I see here establishing four major pillars, four major pillars, foundations for every Christian, every church to obey. Now, there are tons of other things that are going on in here. But I I see four major things. And the first section is this this 12 through 13. And it's this idea of Paul begins comparing the local church to a human body. The local church. So let's just talk about Missio Dei Church or whatever church you're a part of. He's, He's comparing the local church to a human body. In Psalm 139... David says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that God has uniquely crafted the human body, and that we should just sit back and be in awe of the body. When was the last time you you looked at your body and go, oh my gracious, this is amazing. Instead, what do we do? We go, there is a random hair right there. There is a mother zit the side of you know the size of Mount Vesuvius on my head, or there's this, I've got this odd shaped body, but God says, listen, I have wonderfully and fearfully crafted you, and it is beautiful. And when's the last time you've really looked at your body? I remember the birth of my kids. If you've been a parent, the second you look at them and you go, there is a God. Isn't it? You go, this is amazing. You hold that child in your hand, and you go, wonderfully made. There's nothing that I could have done to get those, uh, just looking at Declan, those little toes, I love those little digits. And you go, there's nothing that I've done to create that body. Nothing. And they all work. To, they learn how to crawl. They learn how to move. Their muscles, you know, they just kind of sit here and all they do is poop and pee and cry. But at, now look at you. Some of the same functions go on, but, you know, hopefully a little bit more advanced. We think, we work, we, uh, we know how to control our limbs. The human body is this amazing thing. And Paul's saying, listen, the human body is the beautiful picture of how the church is and how it's supposed to work. Think about the human body. There are 100 trillion cells in your body. Give or take, one. 
or two. A hundred trillion cells in your body. There are in those cells approximately 210 different kinds of cells. So there's different kinds of groupings and different kinds of ways that they function and work. But all necessary. If a whole third of them decide to take a vacation, dead. On top of that, there are 206 bones that we have. I wouldn't be able to stand here. I wouldn't be able to walk. I wouldn't be able to pick up. I wouldn't be able to... My body would just be this lump of flesh. But God said, listen, you need bones, you need structure, you need things to hold you together, support. It's important in the same way. The body. It's critical. There are muscles. And the number ranges from 640 different muscles to 850, depending if you count them in groups or if you individually count them. There are tons and tons and tons of muscles. The ability of the human body to function as one is staggering. hundred trillion cells working together. Muscles, ligaments, bones working together as one. Paul says, just as various parts of our body are able to work together and should work together, so the church is to be called a people who work together for God's kingdom. And we're to be united Together, in a united effort to be a healthy body. Together. We are called together as, as Missio Day Church, whatever church you're a part of, to be working together to be healthy. To bring God's kingdom, the good news of Jesus Christ to this lost world. Working together. Unified. So the first major thing is that Paul says, listen, The body of Christ, the church, the local church of Jesus Christ is to be united. There is to be unity in this diversity. And this unity is to exist despite race, despite generation, despite spiritual gift, despite ministry, passion, culture, income, education, and other differences that we all might have. We are to work together as a body in spite of our differences. Some of you have a heart, a huge, huge heart and passion for social justice. To the point where you're going to go on to social work where you know it's not going to pay you diddly squat. You're going to get a master's degree, maybe a doctorate someday, right? Maybe? Who knows? But you're, you're going to work because, you know, God has so crafted you to be and then have a heart for the lost, the broken, the disadvantaged. And you're saying, man, I am so wired to bring justice. But you're a part of a body that needs you to work and call us all to work together for justice, for mercy, to display that to the world. There are not church to be churches that our solo interest is social justice. 
There are, we are not to, that's why I struggle with churches that are, are, are created around a specific um, age group. Well, we're, we're a Gen X group, or we're a Gen Y, or we're a millennial, or we're this kind of group, or that kind of group. We are called to be diverse, but unified together in mission to display the glory of God through the church. Here, here, Romans 12.5 says this, So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. This is huge. And the implications of this, that, that little phrase in there, that we are one body in Christ, is huge, huge implications. Think about this throughout Scripture. 1 Corinthians 1.4 says that we receive grace in Christ. Romans 3.24 says our redemption is in Christ. Galatians 2.17 says that we are justified in Christ. Ephesians 4.32 says we have forgiveness of our sins. Where? In Christ. Romans 8.1 says there is no condemnation in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says we are a new creation in Christ. Romans 6.23 says we have eternal life in Christ. Philippians 4.19, all of our supplies, all of our needs are found where? In Christ. Ephesians 1.3 says we have every spiritual blessing of heaven in Christ. Colossians 1.28 we will be presented to God perfect in Christ. And Romans 8, 32 says, we cannot be separated from the love of God that is in Christ. We cannot be separated. Together. In Christ. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. We are redeemed together, justified together, forgiven together, created anew together, every need met together, loved by God together, perfected together, living forever together. And all of this amazing unity is created in Christ and for the glory of Christ. And the, in this generation, in this time, there is this trivialization of the church, of the local church. We have this idea that, oh, I, I can just discover God on my own, just put in the iPods, go to Starbucks, drink a cup of coffee, and I, I'm, I'm doing church. Baloney! We are created to be together, unified together, for the sake of the gospel. If you think that you can discover and be the church by yourself, you're missing it. We are to be unified, working together, in step together. It cost God the life of His Son, to create the church. 
And so what you share with the person sitting near you, around you, in Christ is a life and an inheritance and a union that is so great and so profound that it surpasses the value of all other human relationships. And all other inheritances. So the first thing that we have got to see in this section is that the unity of the body of Christ is created in Christ through the work of the Holy Spirit. Unity is critical. So when we hear of divisions and bickering and gossip, you want to know why Paul and Jesus talks about putting those sins to death? It's because unity is critical. Because we're representing the body of Christ walking together, doing life together. So how, how should Missio Dei Church exhibit unity? We need to exhibit unity around the primary areas of the gospel. That we together declare that Jesus Christ is Lord and that we are sinful people in dire need of a Savior and that without Him and His redeeming work on the cross, without His blood being shed, we are bound and destined to hell. And that we are in need of a Savior. We need Jesus Christ. And that the world, apart from Jesus Christ and His work on the cross, is hopeless. Oprah offers nothing. Self-help books offer nothing apart from the work of Jesus Christ. Additionally, how do we also exhibit unity? We work together. Internally. We work together. We fight for unity. We say, I need you. I need you. We work together despite our differences. We work together. We work together church to church. Denomination to denomination. We cross denomination lines. We cross church family lines. We cross state lines. We cross national lines to exhibit unity. That together we are working for the sake of the gospel. To inaugurate God's kingdom in places where it is dark. To be a light in the world. We also exhibit unity by having a willingness to submit to one another in Christian love and respect. Think about the human body. If the hand says, I know what's best for me. I know what's best for me. However, I've been out in subarctic weather, bare, naked, for hours. And the nerves are going, hey, frostbite, you're freezing to death. That tingling sensation is a signal. And the hand goes, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. So we are to work together and submit to one another and to say, listen. There's hurt, there's harm, there's... I want to encourage you to grow in your walk. I want to celebrate with you. And we are willing to submit to one another. And that is why I... 
why I believe that covenant membership in a local church is critical. That we submit to one another. We work together. We say, I I submit to the leadership. I submit to one another. We work together for the sake of the kingdom. Unity is critical. But there's also something else that we've got to look at. And that's found in 14 through 17. The body does not consist of one member, but many. And he gives us the picture of the eye and the hand and all these different pieces. They're diverse. They all have different functions. And diversity is a beautiful thing. Despite the unity that is supposed to exist in the church by the power of the Holy Spirit, there is still supposed to be a great diversity of people. I'll tell you one of my fears for our church. There is not much diversity, is there? Let's take the first one. Age. Pat? You're our diversity. Seriously. Think about it. There is not great diversity in our church. So, just age. The other. Race. Ethnicity. Thanks, Mike. (laughs) Seriously, think about it. You know, you, you get this beautiful picture of in Revelation, of every tribe, every race, every language, all all together in, in this heavenly choir, working together, singing the praises of God. And here we are, pudding, vanilla pudding. Now, I, I have. We're not going to implement a five-step plan of how to to become a, a multicultural church. But that is something that we have got to be got to be praying about. There is diversity in gifting, diversity in age, diversity in gender, diversity in gifts and passion that are critical for us to exhibit the beauty of Christ. That He has redeemed us to be this mosaic shows the glory and the beauty of Christ to the world. Diversity is critical. Unity is not uniformity. We do not all have to be Democrats, Republicans, all male or female. We don't all have to vote the same way, think the same way, have the exact theological uh, agreement on the the secondary and third area and fourth areas of theology. But rather, diversity is brought together by the common characteristics of our love for Jesus Christ, our submission to Scripture, our commitment to the local church, and mission to bring forth the truth and the love of Jesus to the people in the culture that we're planted in and to the ends of the earth. So how do we do this? How do we, as a local body of Jesus Christ, a local body of Christ, exhibit diversity? One, our gifts. 
We've got to cultivate and identify what are the gifts, what are the passions, what are the talents and skills that we bring together. You do not want to ever ask me to work on a car. Ever. Because it will never run again. You want me to take it apart? You, you don't want me to ever be a doctor. Talk to other pros. In the same way, we've got to identify what are our gifts, our passions, our talents. And we need to cultivate that. To cultivate the diversity and celebrate the diversity and say, praise God that you have the gift of administration. Praise God that you are such a big idea person that you make me uncomfortable. Because for you, the sky is the limit. And thank God we have the administrative people who say, hold on a second. We've got to make this work somehow. Praise God that there are people who love to work with kids. Thank God that there's people who boldly communicate the gospel and feel comfortable in public speaking. Thank God there's people who love health and food stuff who try to sneak in black beans into every dish you know i don't understand that but you know it's necessary you know so we need to cultivate and understand that it is critical colossians three eleven says this here there is not greek or jew circumcised and uncircumcised barbarian scythian slave free But Christ is all and in all. There is great diversity. Paul says, listen, you guys are a hodgepodge. You're a melting pot of people. And that is is beautiful. But the thing that holds us together is being in Christ. In Christ. The next thing comes from uh, 18 through 20. It's this idea of interdependence interdependence where we but as it is god arranged who did no help me out as it is who arranged it god arranged the members in the body not paul god has arranged the members you into this body for a specific reason you are here for a specific purpose And when you choose not to use your gifts, your talents, your passions for the sake of the kingdom and sharing the gospel and spreading his name throughout the end of the earth, it affects the body. There is this interdependence. And you know what? In our world, in our time, individualism with its emphasis on competition to to discover the best and the greatest is totally foreign to the body of Christ. Individualism Me, myself, and I, my world, my thoughts, it's all about me, is foreign. It's an absolutely foreign idea for the body of Christ. Yet the whole spirit of the Corinthian church was individualistic. They exalted their favorite leaders. They they competed doctrinally. There was a division going on. They even competed to be given special individual honor because of the gift that they possessed. So hear it right now. Just because I'm up in front 
and I'm preaching almost every Sunday, I have no more special honor than those of you who love to bake for the sake of the kingdom. Critical for you to get. I am using my gifts, my talents, my passion, my calling in the same way that you do. And I need you. You need me. You need that weird, quirky person that you're sitting next to or the person that you don't want to sit next to. You need them. The body needs them. And this is a need that we need to discover today. We are too ruggedly individualistic. Well, nobody's like me. Thank God. And not negatively, thank God. Because that's why you're here. There are a hundred trillion cells. Not one is alike. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Use your gifts. So what way should we as a church exhibit interdependence? By recognizing and depending on each other's giftedness. We recognize the gifts of each person and we depend and celebrate on that. Additionally, and this might seem a stretch for you, I think our missional communities are critical. And that's why I I really would discourage for us to solely have um, missional communities based on um, likeness. You want to be in a group of people that is diverse. Yes, there is a place for homogenous likeness, but if that is your sole way of growing, you're missing. That's why I I so desire for our church to have more mature, aged people in our church so that we can sit underneath their wisdom and their life lessons and just say, Whoa, you're spending money. How? You're raising your kids. How? Honey, let me come alongside you. If you don't want to be in a group of married people that have kids, because you're you're a single-age college person, someday, someday God hopefully in His divine plan, may gift you with children. And if He does not, you are just as critical to the voice of that body and just saying, yes, but let me show you how to dedicate my life solely as Paul did to the work of the gospel. Missional communities are a way to work out our unity, diversity, and interdependence. And to see the richness. And to work out our our problems and our uniqueness. Together with our diversity to go out and share 
the gospel. And last is this issue of worth. 21 to 26, 27. Unlike the culture where various people are considered more valuable than others because they're beautiful, smart, talented, rich, you fill in the blank, the economy of the church is totally different. And that means that every Christian, every Christian is vitally important. It contributes something to the church body. Let me share about a guy that every once in a while you might see at Missio Day. And more regularly, you'll see him at Jewel in Frankfurt or Camp Manitoba's Kitchen. His name is David Vanderlaan. David Vanderlaan this year is going to be uh, the Grand Marshal of the Frankfurt uh, Parade that takes place at Labor Day. David Vanderlaan is mentally challenged. But I'll tell you, every time that kid comes around, he's what, 30-something? That kid. <laughs> You're most kids. I'm a kid. Uh, right, Pat? Yes. Every time David Vanderlaan comes around, I am encouraged. And he is a valuable member of the body of Christ and needs to be celebrated and just say, David, your gifts, your talents, your heart, your ability to serve selflessly, to be recognized by the, uh, the Frankfurt Chamber of Commerce is a picture for the local church. It's a reminder for us that the children that we have downstairs are valuable assets to our church. From the youngest to the oldest, from the newest of faith to those who have been on the walk with Christ for years, there is worth that we need to celebrate. And Paul says in verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and individually members. We don't want you to lose your the beauty of how God has created you individually. But we are one body with different members to work together in step. Celebrating, right, right Breck? Celebrating the unity, the diversity that God has created us. To say we are interdependent, working together. And we are all have worth because of what Christ has done. He has bought us with a price. He has justified us. Spurgeon says this. Oh, what a sacred oneness that is which subsists between all the Lord's people. We are not simply brothers and sisters, but we are one. We are not allied by affinity, but by actual identity. That's huge. By identity. Our identity in Christ. 
We are parts of the same body. We are brought into spiritual membership with each other as real and as effectual as the membership which subsists between the various parts of the body. Very, very, very quickly. What does this mean for Missio Day Church? We have got to have an intentional commitment to racial harmony and ethnic diversity. We have got to have a real intentional commitment to the beauty of Christ's body in all of its different ways that it, it is made manifest. We have got to be a people who work together in life. Missional communities. That participation is critical. Critical to your connection to the body of Christ. It's in this diversity, in the quirkiness of a missional community, that you grow to appreciate, love, authentically serve in His mission, and ultimately glorify God by exhibiting the beauty of the body of Christ in this world. Every member, every person is critical for the gospel message to go out. This next thing is not a call for legalism. So hear me first by saying that. Because that's quickly where some, some of you might go. It is critical that we regularly, consistently meet together for corporate worship. It is critical. It is essential that we regularly, consistently meet together for corporate worship. It's not for the sake of numbers. It's not for the sake of uh, our offering. Okay, hear that? It's not for the sake of me making sure that the Scots are here and, you know, oh, their salvation is in question if they're not here. It's for the sake of the body. If your stomach chooses to take a vacation for a week or two, what happens? Death. Your heart chooses to slow down and not function. It affects the whole body, doesn't it? Can I encourage you, without you hearing legalism, make Sundays a priority. The corporate gathering of God's people, uniquely called Missio Dei Church, make it a priority. 
be a part of the body of Christ. Find your giftings. Celebrate. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that uh, we are only called the body of Christ because of your work on the cross. That you, um, you came from your place of privilege and honor and glory, the right hand of the Father, and you came and put on flesh, lived among us, the perfect life, sinless life, and died the death that we deserved because of our sinful nature and because of the blood of Jesus Christ, your Son. We have freedom. And we can celebrate. We identify with Christ's death and His resurrection. That we die to ourselves and we come to newness of life and that life incorporates us into the body of Christ God, I thank you for the work of Christ. God, I pray that we as a church, Missio Dei Church, may have a high regard for your body. That together we we work together. Despite our unique uh, wirings, we work together for the sake of the gospel to be a light in this dark area. God, that together we can celebrate new life with new friends and new family members and new parts of the body being incorporated into one. So God, thank you. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your word, how it's always faithful. It's always true. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.